Welcome to Zichron Daf Siman Memory of Ram Goldai, and today we're Maseches Psachim Daf Kuf Alf, the tenth parak Arvi Psachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the Gemara brings Machlokas between Rav and Shmuel about the kiddush that was customarily made by the Shulch Sibur in the Beis Knesses on Friday night. I'm a Rav Yatsu Kiddush Yatsu. Rav says that they did not fulfill their wine obligation, which the Rashbam explains refers to the obligation to say a bracha over the wine they'll drink when they go home, but they did fulfill their Kiddush obligation. The Rashbam explains that Rav holds it's not necessary for Kiddush to be recited together with the Shabbos meal. And Shmuel says they did not even fulfill their Kiddush obligation, and Shmuel's consistent here with what he has said elsewhere, in Kiddush Ella B'makum Suda. Kiddush is only in a place where there's a meal. The Rashbam explains that Shmuel derives this principle from the Pasuk, V'karasla Shabbos Onik, and you shall proclaim the Shabbos Adolai. In the place where Shabbos is proclaimed, meaning where Kiddush is recited, there should be a delight, meaning the Shabbos meal. Alternatively, since Kiddush must be recited over wine, it's fitting that it be recited over wine, drunk at a meal. Point number two, as was just mentioned, Rabbi Shmuel both taught that someone who makes Kiddush in the base Knesset must say Nubracha before drinking wine at home. I think more supports us from a price that states, Shinui Makum Shinui Yain Ein If there's a change in location, one must say a new bracha of Barei Gafen. If there's a change in wine, one does not need to say a new bracha of a Barei Gafen. Now, Rav Chisa says in the name of Huna that a change of location creates a new bracha requirement only if one went mabais labais from one house to another, and not if one went mamakam mamakam from one place to another within the house. And Bryce is brought to support this. And point number three, Rav Chisa adds that a change of location does not create a new bracha rishon requirement if the bracha was said over the bracha lacharen bin koman. Things that need a bracha chrona in their place, that is, where the food was eaten. Because someone who eats a food of this type, like Kiva Kamahada, returns to his original setting. The Rajmam explains that he's continuing with his original meal. Since he's obligated to return to his original place to recite a bracha chrona, or to continue his meal in a second place, which will enable him to recite the bracha chrona there, his leaving doesn't constitute a conclusion of the meal. Rather, what he eats in the second place is seen as a continuation of his meal. Rashbam says that this category includes all foods of the Shiva's meaning. Tosas say that most includes foods of the five types of grain, over which Hamotzi and Mazonos are said. Rashashas disagrees and says that these foods are also subject to the lachas of Shinui Mako. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings Malchus between Rav and Shmuel about the Kiddush that was customarily made by the Shulich Sibur in the Beis Knesset on Friday night. Amarav Yedei Yango Yatsu, Yedei Kiddush Yatsu. Rav says they did not fulfill their wine obligation, which Rashbam explains refers to their obligation to say a bracha over the wine they'll drink when they go home, but they did fulfill their Kiddush obligation. The Rashbam explains that Rav holds it's not necessary for Kiddush to be recited together with the Shabbos meal. And Shmuel says they did not even fulfill their Kiddush obligation, as he's consistent here with what he said elsewhere in Kiddush Abba Suda. Kiddush is only in a place where there's a meal. Rajbam explains that Shmuel derives this principle from the Pasuk, the Karatsu Shabbos Onik, and you shall proclaim the Shabbos a delight. In the place where Shabbos is proclaimed, meaning where Kiddush is recited, there should be a delight, referring to the Shabbos meal. Alternatively, since Kiddush must be recited over wine, it's fitting that it be recited over wine, drunk at a meal. Point number two was just mentioned, Rabbi Shmuel both taught that someone who makes Kiddush in the base Knesses must say a new brach before drinking wine at home. The Gemara supports this from a Bryce that states, Shinui makum Shinui yain ein If there's a change in location, one must say a new bracha of Rebbe If there's a change in wine, one need not say a new bracha of Rebbe Rav Chis has said in the name of Huna that a change of location creates a new bracha requirement 
only if one went mabais mabais from one house to another, and not if one went mamaka mamaka from one place to another within the house. A Bryce is brought to support this. And point number three, Rav Chista adds that a changed location does not create a new bracha rishon requirement if the bracha was said over devarim hatuunim bracha acharen bim koman. Things that need a bracha chrona in their place. That is where the food was eaten. Because someone who eats a food of this type, lakiva kamahad, returns to his original setting. The Rajbam explains that he's continuing with his original meal. Since he's obligated to return to his original place to recite a bracha chrona or to continue his meal in a second place, which will enable him to recite the bracha chrona there, his leaving does not constitute a conclusion of the meal. Rather, what he eats in the second place is seen as a continuation of his meal. The Rashbam says that this category includes all foods of the Shiva's Aminim. Tosu say that at most includes foods of the five types of grain over which Hamotzi and Mazonas are said. Rav Sheshis disagrees and says that these foods are also subject to the lachas of Shinui Makam. All right, so now we go to Simfordov Kufalov, and this simon comes to us by way of Kobe Melkin, who suggests that Kufalov is bird callers going ka ka. So here goes. After Kiddush was recited in Shul at the Bird Caller's Convention, participants made Kiddush Mamakam Suda, and then fluttered around the corners of the room meeting each other without making another bracha, with the intent to fly back and conclude their meal in their original setting. Once again, it's the motion. After Kiddush was recited in Shul at the Bird Caller's Convention, Bird Caller's Convention, that must be more on Duff, Kufalov. After Kiddush was recited in Shul at the Bird Caller's Convention, participants made Kiddush Mamakam Suda, which reminds us that Gemara brings Malchalukas between Rav and Shmuel about the Kiddush that was customarily made by the Shulich Sibor in the Beis Knesses on Friday night, whether one has fulfilled his Kiddush obligation. Rav says one does fulfill his Chiv, and Rashbam explains that Rav holds that it's not necessary for Kiddush to be recited together with the Shabbos meal. And Shmuel says one has not fulfilled his Chiv because he holds in Kiddush Elba Makam Suda. Kiddush is only a place where there's a meal. The Rashbam explains that Shmuel derives this principle from the Pasuk of Karasu Shabbos Onik, and he should proclaim the Shabbos Adelite. In the place where Shabbos is proclaimed, meaning where Kiddush is recited, there should be delight, meaning the Shabbos meal. Alternatively, since Kiddush must be recited over wine, it's fitting that it be recited over wine, drunk at a meal. So after Kiddush was recited in Shul, the bird callers convention, participants made Kiddush, B'makam Suda, and then fluttered around the corners of the room meeting each other without making another bracha, which reminds the Rav and Shmuel both taught that someone who makes Kiddush in the base Knesset must say a new bracha before drinking wine at home. The Gemara supports this from a Bryce that states, Shinui makam sarachavarach, Shinui yain ain sarachavarach. If there's a change in location, one must say a new bracha. If there's a change in wine, one need not say a new bracha. Rav Chisa says in the name Rav Huna, that a change of location creates a new bracha requirement only if one went mabais labais from one house to another, and not if one went mamakamamakam from one place to another within the house. So after Kiddush was recited in the shul at the bird callers convention, participants made Kiddush mamakam suda, and then flooded around the corners of the room meeting each other without making another bracha, with the intent to fly back and conclude their meal in their original setting. Which reminds us, Rav Chista adds, that a change of location does not create a new bracha rishon requirement if the bracha was said over the varim hatuunim bracha bin koman things that need a bracha chrona in their place, that is where the food was eaten, because someone who eats a food of this type, the kiva kamahada, returns to his original setting. The Rajbam explains that he's continuing with his original meal since he's obligated to return to his original place to recite a bracha chrona or to continue his meal in a second place, which will enable him to recite the bracha chrona. There, his leaving does not constitute a conclusion of the meal. Rather, what he eats in the second place is seen as a continuation of his meal. Rav Sheshis disagrees and says that these foods are also subject to the lachas of Shinui Makom. So once again, after Kiddush was recited in Shuat, the bird callers convention, participants made Kiddush b'makam suda, 
and then fluttered around the corners of the room, meeting each other without making another bracha, with the intent to fly back and conclude their meal in their original setting. All right, now it's time for a four-block back chazara. Dav Tzadi Zayin. So the similar Dav Tzadi Zayin is a chess master. So here goes. The chess master. Chess master. That must be more in Dav Tzadi Zayin. The chess master who played with five chattis pieces versus his opponent, who played with five Pesach pieces, which reminds us, Shmuel said, wherever in a case of a chattis, the din is that the animals have to die, in the corresponding case of a Pesach, the animals are offered as a shlamim, and wherever in a case of a chattis, the din is that the animal is left to graze, in the corresponding case of a Pesach, the animal is left to graze. Rabbi Yochanan said that Pesach is not offered up as a shlamim, unless it's found after the shkita of the replacement. So the chess master who played with five chattis pieces versus his opponent who played with five Pesach pieces was a sore loser and claimed a loss at night is not considered a loss. Which reminds the Gemara taught that a Pesach loss and found before chatzos is not considered a loss. As Rav said, Aveda Zalila Lavshma Aveda. Lost at night is not considered lost. Rashi explains that if a chatz becomes lost at night and another animal is designated to replace it and then the original animal is found before morning, even Rebbe agrees that it's not consigned to die since nighttime is not a valid time for bringing carbonus. So the chess master who played with five chattis pieces versus his opponent who played with five pesach pieces was a sore loser and claimed a loss at night is not considered a loss and said only when the game goes to noon can his claim be rejected. Which reminds us, the Gemara challenges Shmuel's opinion and concludes that Shmuel only said the first rule that wherever the chattis is left to die, in the corresponding case of a pesach, the animal is brought as a shlamim. The Gemara asks what Shmuel was coming to teach and answers that he meant to exclude Rabbi Yochanan's opinion that a pesach is not offered up as a shlamim unless it is found after the shechita. If it was found before the shechita of its replacement, even though it was lost at the point of noon, it is left to graze. Alma shechita kava. We see that according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's the shechita of the replacement which fixes the status of reject upon the original animal. Shmuel therefore is coming to tell us that it's chatzos which fixes the status upon the animal. Dav Tzadiches. So the similar Dav Tzadiches is clowns. Schok. Clowns. So here goes. The clowns. Clowns. That must be more on Dav Tzadiches. Schok. The clowns of the Cholomod Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Tzadi Zainam Abay stated, HaMafish Nekevu Epischo Ozacher Ben Shtei Shanim, if someone designates a female animal for his Pesach or a male in its second year, it's left to graze until it develops a blemish, is then sold, and he brings from its money, showing neither of these are fit for Pesach, as the Torah specifies, Zacher ben Shana, a yearling male. Rav Huna Braid, Rav Yeshua said, Shema min Infer from this ruling three principles. Balei Nidchim, we can infer that living things can become permanently rejected from the Mizbeach. Dichwi mikara habi dichwi, even if the animal is disqualified from the very first moment of its consecration, such as female or overage animals, it can never again be fit for a sacrifice. And yesh dichwi badami, permanent rejection is possible with something that only has monetary sanctity, and since these animals were unfit, the only kedushas is dummy, and yet are rejected forever. So the clowns at the Cholmod Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach and then pranked one Chabur by putting a Bechor in the mix, which reminds us the next Mishnah states, Nisara Bebechoros, if a Pesach became intermingled with Bechor offerings, Rabbi Shimon says, Im Chaburus Kohanim Yochelu, if the group registered on the Pesach is composed of only Kohanim, they may eat the offerings that night, since the avoda for the Pesach and the Bechor are the same. The Gemara clarifies that Rabbi Shimon holds Mavin Kachim so that one may expose Karbanis to a situation of becoming Pesach. Therefore, it's not a problem that the Bechor, which is typically eaten for two days and one night, will have its time to be eaten reduced and needlessly become Nosar after midnight. 
So the clowns of the Cholmod Pesach Circus had the crowd in stitches as they first attempted to designate a two-year-old female sheep as a Pesach and then pranked one Chabur by putting a Bechor in the mix while helping a Pesach from another Chabur escape so they could tease the member who was sent out to find it. Which reminds us, the last Mishnah opens Chabur Sha'avid Pischa, a Chabur that lost its Pesach, and they said to one of the members to go out, find it, and shecht it for us. And he went, found, and shechted it. And meanwhile, they, fearing the animal would not be found in time, bought and slaughtered another animal, the Mishnah goes through the various possibilities of the case and what the din is, if his was shechted first, or theirs was shechted first, or they don't know whose was shechted first, or they're both shechted at the same time. Tav Tzaditesh, so the similar Tav Tzaditesh is a cheetah. So here goes. When a cheetah, cheetah, that must be more on Tzaditesh. When a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabura withdrew, except for one brave member. Which reminds us, the Gemara suggested that the Mishnah, which allows registering strangers in order to avoid the problem of leaving the Pesach ownerless, is not in accordance with Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that the registrants may continue withdrawing from the Pesach and diminishing the number of people registered on it, provide that one of the original group remains registered. Rabbi Yochanan answered that you can even say that the Mishnah does accord to Rabbi Yehuda, since Rabbi Yehuda said, in Shochin is a Pesach al Yachid. We do not shech the Pesach for a single individual. Therefore, in the case of the Mishnah, where there's only one person being registered on it, there stands to be another person registered on it together with the original person, Uke Echum and therefore the newcomer is like one of the original members of the group. So when a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabura withdrew, except for one brave member, who developed quite an appetite, Arab Pesach, which reminds us the first mission the 10th Barak states on Arab Pesach from close to Mincha, one may not eat until nightfall. And the Rosh Mom explains that not eating then will enable a person to eat the matzah at night with an appetite. The Gemara asks why our mission implies that this halach is specific to Arab Pesach, but Bryson teaches that according to Yehuda, that one may not eat after Mincha on any Arab Shabbos or Yantav. Ravuna answers that our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who generally permits eating on Erev Shabbos and Yantav. So when a cheetah suddenly appeared, the entire Chabura withdrew, except for one brave member, who developed quite an appetite, Erev Pesach, while on the lookout for an Ani, he could give four cups of wine and a recliner too. Which reminds us, the Mishnah states, I feel Ani should be Yisrael, or Yosef, and even the poorest man in Yisrael may not eat until he reclines, and they must not give him less than four cups of wine, and this is so even if he's supported from the Tamchui. The Rashbam explains that it's incumbent on the community to ensure that the poor can fulfill this Rabban Mitzvah. In the event that the Gabbai stuck and neglected or were unable to give them wine, the paupers must do their utmost to fulfill the Mitzvah, even to the point of selling their clothing, borrowing, or hiring themselves out. Davkuf, so the Simmer Davkuf is a monkey. So here goes. The circus monkeys, monkeys, that must be more duff, kuf. The circus monkeys were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos, which reminds us as Malchuk's whether somebody began a meal before Mincha on Erev Shabbos is allowed to continue eating after Shabbos begins. Review maintains Mabsikim Shabbosos, we interrupt for Shabbosos, Rabbi Yossi argues, a Mabsikim, we do not interrupt. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the person must stop the meal, remove the table, and recite Birch as a Muslim. The reason is that a meal must be brought to the table for the honor of Shabbos, or because the eating after nightfall would be viewed as an extension of the weekday meal. Tosos explained, according to Rabbi Yossi, he need not interrupt the meal, for the eating after nightfall is considered one of the Shabbos meals. The Kiddush that would be recited immediately afterwards is viewed as having been recited upon that meal. The Gemara relates to Rabbi Shemim Gamliel, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yossi, were once eating meal together when Shabbos began, a discussion ensued about whether they should interrupt the meal or not, and eventually, they did not move from there until they established the halacha, according to Rabbi Yossi. 
So the circus monkeys, who were trained to let people continue eating a meal, they began before Mincha of Shabbos, and knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush, which reminds us, it was taught in the price that Eima Venus says Shulchan El Inkin Kiddush. We do not bring out the table on which the Friday night meal will be eaten unless one already made Kiddush. And if it was brought out early, he should spread out a cloth over it and make Kiddush. Roshbam, citing the Shi'otas, explains that bringing out the table after Kiddush shows that the meal is served in honor of Shabbos, and covering the table is like removing it. Tosos know that nowadays where it's customary for everybody to eat together on a large table, it's not practical to bring the table out after Kiddush. Therefore, it's our custom to set the table with chalas before Kiddush, but to cover them until after Kiddush. So the circus monkeys, who were trained to let people continue eating a meal they began before Mincha Erev Shabbos, and knew to cover the table with a cloth before Kiddush, would throw bananas at anyone who tried to start a meal before Mincha. Erev Pesach. Which reminds us, on Daf Tzadi Tesama Beis, the more brought up machokas between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi regarding beginning a meal during the afternoon on Erev Shabbos or Erev Yantav. Here the Gemara cites two prices about this Malkok, because one of them teaches Shavin She'ei Maschilin, they are in agreement that we may not begin. And the second one stated, Shavin She'ei they are in agreement that we may begin. And the Gemara explained that Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi agree that we may not begin a meal on Erev Pesach, close to Mincha, as the first mission of the Perik taught, and they agree that we may begin a meal Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav before the ninth hour of the day. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions plus Three bonus questions from Masechus Baruch Shabbos and Erevin. Number one, which doctrine of Malchus Rav Chisim Rav Sheshim whether foods require bracha chron in their place require bracha rishona when there's a shinui makam? That's on Duff. Kufalov. Good. Number two, which doctrine whether one can have chametz around when bringing the Pesach Sheni? That's on Duff. Sadi Hey. Good. Number three, which doctrine whether one needs to make a new bracha for shinui makam from bias to bias? but not from one makam to another in the same house. That's on Duff. Kufalf. Good number four. Which Duff to review him Yossi agree that one may not begin a meal close to Mincha on Erev Pesach, but one can Erev Shabbos and Erev Yantav before the ninth hour of the day. That's on Duff. Kuf. Good number five. Which Duff to when the Rabbah said, Aveda's Laila love Shema Aveda. That's on Duff. Sadizayin. Good number six. Which step do you learn from the case of a Pesach mixed in with Bechoros, the Rishimon holds Mevin Kadshin of Beis Absul? That's on Dav. Sadiches. Good number seven. Which step do we learn? We do not bring out the table on which the Friday night meal will be eaten unless one already made Kiddush, and if it was brought out early, you should spread a cloth over it and make Kiddush. That's on Dav. Kuf. Good number eight. Which step do we learn the differences between Pesach Mitzrayim and Pesach Doros? That's on Dav. Sadivav, good. Number nine, which daft do we b'makos Rav and Shmuel, whether Zechiv of Kiddush b'makom Suda, that's on daf. Kufav, good. And number ten, which daft do we learn that on every pesach goes to Mincha, one may not eat, in order to develop an appetite to eat matzah, that's on daf. Sadivav, good. Now the three bonus questions. Number one, what daft do we learn what one should do if they forgot to make a bracha and the food is still in one's mouth, that's on daf. Nunam brachas. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we discuss whether one makes the Shehechianu and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippurim? That's on Duff. Memon Good. Number three. Which stuff do we discuss whether an excessive animal strain is considered a masli, a burden? That's on Duff. Nunam often Shabbos. Excellent. Right. That concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Vangol and Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.